very warm welcome to Red Voices to you, dear listener. Two wins! Twice! Two times! Suddenly things look substantially better for United after that week of gloom, thanks to wins over Northampton Town and Leicester City. And what better human being to join me in dissecting those games than your boy, Rich Cam. How was your weekend? Extremely tiring, but fruitful. Much like some football we could actually talk about, to be fair. Yeah, it's been a lot better, hasn't it? Yeah. It has. I mean, let's be quite frank. After that week of gloom, um, I'm not necessarily sure I saw things going quite as smoothly as this. Not that it was perfect by any means, but yeah, a much more positive week, really, wasn't it, Rich? It was. I mean, we were, I think we were lucky that we had the Northampton game when we did. It was a relatively soft game just for us to get used to, to winning a game again, even if it was one that we really should be winning. But I think we were still quite nervous in the first 20 minutes against Leicester and but you know, once we got the goal and got ahead, you could see the confidence rush back. So I think you could say that certainly the team is rejuvenated, although I would expect a few more bumps in the road yet. Sure. Yeah, I mean, th- there were a couple of bumps yesterday. But let's go back to uh, to last Wednesday, to that uh, EFL Cup victory over Northampton Town. Wasn't necessarily plain sailing, as you mentioned there, but yeah, a mostly straightforward evening, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, United were in control of the game from the start really should have scored long before Carrick did. Good finish, though. It was it was a brilliant finish, yeah. You know, I think Carrick, I know it was a particularly weak opponent who didn't have a great deal of attacking intent in them, but you could see the difference Carrick made in that sort of game just with his calmness in possession and the range of his passing, which is something in, from the midfield we've been missing quite a lot lately. Mm. And yeah, I mean, it was a really, really lovely finish. He doesn't score too many, but when he does, they, they tend to be you know, pretty fine goals. Adam Smith, uh, well, we're somewhat indebted to that young man, really, after his performance. <laughs> that pass back uh, at the beginning to actually set up the free kick for that uh, first goal was uh, particularly special. But bless him, that that Rashford, that Rashford goal. I mean, interesting punt from Herrera, but you could just see the way the ball bounced. You could see that was going very badly. I mean, Rashford's pace. I mean, we're jumping ahead to that third goal, but gosh, bless Smith. That was uh, all the Rashford deserved, to be fair, but still, what a bad moment. But it shows the value of, of, of not stopping and chasing chasing the keepers down. You know, a lot a lot of time times forwards don't do that anymore, either under instruct just because they're out of the habit. But you know, Rashford's full of energy and pace, and, and he didn't give up on that one. He kind of got his his rewards for it. And of course, you know, we did actually go down to that uh, <laughs> that uh, that penalty in the first half as well, which was just, I mean, there, there were groans at that point, which is completely fair enough because it felt like one of those moments where United had sort of got themselves in the ascendancy. And uh, were moderately comfortable, and then just a daft mistake at the back. Davy Blinn filing, and then uh, Sam Hoskins, and then the penalty. Then nicely dispatched. I mean, it was Revel who got the penalty there, but it, difficult really to to say that Northampton were truly in the game, which was something. And then Herrera with that wonderful finish, and the joy on that boy's face every time he scores. I'm sure I've, I've, I've much must have mentioned this several times before, but he's the greatest human being to see score ever. He is, and it, I mean, United fans love him because he. Genuinely seems to get the club. He understands, so he's tried. He's tried to immerse himself in the club in in a similar way to how um, Everett did, and you can see that he truly, genuinely loves and he's honoured to to play for United. And when you know when he scores, even if it's you know even if it's if it's against, North, against Northampton in the League Cup, he's absolutely delighted to have done it. It was a really good goal as well. I mean, that's such a difficult technique to strike a ball right footed when it's coming across you like that, and he absolutely wallied it. You know, the keeper didn't have a chance, so why not? Why not? Why not celebrate like that? 
No, no, fair enough. No, he just seems to celebrate every single goal like it's the happiest moment of his life. And I appreciate that in a man, I do. But yes, there's the the <laughs> the spectre of a Tyra City in. Is it the fourth round or the fifth round? Fourth round. I think. Fourth round. Gracious, yeah. I mean, uh, be corrected on that, but well, you know that that due to the caliber of the opponent and given the fact that it's City and given how badly things went in the game that we had with them not too long ago. That suddenly takes on extra importance, really, doesn't it? It's a chance for Mourinho and the team to sort of exercise a few demons, I guess, and prove that they're not quite as bad as we thought <laughs> that two weeks ago. Well, I mean, maybe, but I, I do wonder whether... It, I mean, this could go two ways. Either, as you say, Mourinho could have seen it as an opportunity to, to give shit, you know, City a kicking and get a measure of revenge. But I do just wonder whether he's he's identified the League Cup as the, an opportunity to play his squad players... And he's going to do that, you know, and be damned for it. So it's hard to, it's really hard to judge what he's going, how he's going to approach that game. I mean, I haven't looked at the fixtures around that, around that tie. So I'm not really sure, you know, what sort of difficulty of games we have around it, but it wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it really wouldn't surprise me at all if you put out, you know, a weakened inverted commas team for that game. Well, let me uh, tell you what the fixtures are around that game, Richard. I'm just nipping over to, I, I, I will, I will, I will do that thing right now. That's, I'm just, as you can see, I'm probably just padding my conversation whilst I scroll over to the actual piece. Let's see. So, yeah, it goes into October. So, after the international break, we've got uh, Liverpool away on Monday, 17th. Then Fenerbahce at home on the Thursday. Chelsea away on the Sunday. And then City at home on the Wednesday. <laughs> and what's the, what's the game the following weekend? Burnley at home, yeah. It's an Burnley interesting little run. Yeah, it's a harsh run. It's difficult. With, I mean, with Burnley at home, you may feel like you could put out a sort of slightly rotated team and still win that game but as I say it really wouldn't surprise me if you, if you put out the not the stiffs again because that's not fair because they're all international footballers <laughs> but if you put out a weak a weakened side for that City game priorities and all that yeah well the for Liverpool game giving their start to the season having had that uh, wobble against Burnley that's, that's looking like a, a huge night isn't it already that uh, they've started incredibly well and they're knocking goals in for fun yeah I can't say I'm looking forward to that game much no, not no, that I, not that I ever look forward to a game at Anfield. It's always just a, something that has to be endured until you've until you've won. But yeah, I don't really fancy them playing them much at the moment. No, I agree with that one. I think uh, it's interesting watching uh, Chelsea Arsenal yesterday afternoon, though. That uh, they that game that they had at the Emirates on Saturday evening that very much felt like when we went over there about a year ago. Oh. There was this plan that they were trying to press hard, and then Arsenal just cut them to ribbons. They look like an absolute mess at the back. But well, Dan Louise is centre back. Who knew? Yeah, I was going to say when you say George, you mean you just found it hilariously funny that um, that a team of the the size and with the wealth of Chelsea could, could field a centre back pairing with David Louise and Gary Cahill. They didn't have a good time, did they? They didn't. It was it was tremendous. Even if it was Arsenal, oh, it was still wonderful. quite funny. That's true. Uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll move on now uh, on to Saturday's game. Now that that was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? I mean. For the first couple of minutes, I thought United actually seemed to start quite positively, and then suddenly Leicester realised that we weren't necessarily creating too much and decided to actually play football. And given how that match actually ended in the scoreline and that incredible run of goals, very interesting to see how that game started because we didn't look that comfortable at all, did we? We looked like a team that were low on confidence, which which we were. And so whilst we started with some attacking intent, there wasn't a great deal of... A great deal of surety to what we were doing. We weren't, you know, there was just, they just, we just looked jittery. And every time Leicester came forward, it looked like, you know, potentially open us up. In the first 20 minutes, they, you know, they had two or three breakaways where they 
they really could have done better and, and possibly scored. And it really needed that goal, probably a goal from a set piece, to you know to, to knock the confidence back into us. And once that went in, we were just a completely different team. And I mean, you, you could say you could say that we benefited from um, Leicester having a particularly wretched day defending set pieces, but even so, the, the standard and the speed and the tempo of our play after that goal went up, you know, three or fourfold. And it wasn't just that; it was well, it was it was the the intensity of the pressing and and the tackling. You know, we, the last couple of weeks, one of the most frustrating things is that we've just been standing off so much. And not winning 50-50 tackles repeatedly, and, and it, that all changed with that smalling goal, and we were back to being, you know, full of full of tempo and, and intent and just belief, really. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, it was a great header by Smalling, and to be fair, he's someone who's come back into the side over the last week or so and actually done a solid job, you know, with uh, with Shaw out for however long it is, maybe a couple of weeks at this stage. I thought Blind slotted in really damn well at left back. And uh, yeah, for the most part, Sully and Bay looked good. I mean, there was that flashpoint moment where uh, Slimani crossed in after Valencia lost the ball. So it was Albrighton who crossed into Slimani, and then uh, De Gea was just able to get the get a hand on the ball there and try and get it clear. And then Huth had that blast over after some decent work. And yeah, this looked like they were going through the gears. They looked more confident, but that smalling goal just completely knocked the wind out of them. It was remarkable. And from then on. That 20-25 minute period was the most fun I have had watching United in eons. It was amazing. Well, that, that second goal was absolutely wonderful, wasn't it? You, we haven't seen that 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 speed and that, that sort of level of confidence in football for, for such a long time. I mean, I think the last goal we scored, I'd say, was on a par with that, was the, the uh, Martial goal at home to Stoke last season, which was you know brilliant end-to-end, end-to-end goal. And that, certainly that Martial goal was better than the one we scored on Saturday, but it was still a really fine goal. Um, just just the one touch, the one touch play, and then the finish was much harder than it looked from from Matter. Yeah, well, it was coming across him as well, wasn't it? It was, and the, you know, it was a defender coming in to make a challenge as well. So it it was just one of those goals where you you, you feel like it looks easy, but it's obviously not because it doesn't happen all the time. But just the just the the speed of the passing was, was what we used to, what we used to see from Fergie's best teams. It was just. Pass it, first time passing at such pace that defence just don't know where they are and add, add in movement to that as well and it was just a really lovely team goal I mean that Tom Reeks uh, asked us if uh, the Matter goal was the best we've scored in the last three years I mean you mentioned the Stoke one that was one that didn't immediately spring to mind but it's definitely up there but yeah I mean the pass from Matter to Pogba the touch inside the clip on Pogba and side note we'll come back to this but Pogba was excellent yesterday yeah it was Lingard's touch across goal and Leicester just carved open and Matter did so well to hit that where he did because he just he wasn't even curled it was just fired so well across either's goal just such a great finish and it was really good it was you know just reward for Matter who having been out of the side for you know a little while for, for one reason or another I, I still harbour hopes of him making a dent in this team now and being able to be a bigger part of it and I was really impressed with him today as well. I thought he did a great job at number 10. And yeah, just reward that goal. Absolutely wonderful. It just got better and better after that. Goals from corners, Richard. Three. I know. I suppose we, we have to, a, a point touch on the Rooney issue. And I, it, oh, by far, no, <laughs> the win, you know, that win wasn't because Rooney wasn't there. Just, I want to take that in isolation and say that matter in his own performance, um, really, um, lay down a marker of what what we should be expecting of a, a creative player in 
in the team wherever they play, whether it's as a ten or a floating midfielder or whatever. Mm. And and on that performance, he deserves to at least start the next couple of serious games um, because I think that's the best creative performance from a from a midfielder we've had this season. Um, and obviously, with the issue with three of the goals was was blind on corners. Um, and United had United been wretched from set pieces for such a long time. Oh God, Rich, think back to last weekend, that Watford game, where Rooney was on yeah. pretty much every corner and everyone was an outswinger that ended up on the edge of the penalty area. We gave the ball away. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to like just blame Rooney because it, he's not the only one who's taken corners in the last 18 months or so. Mm. But, you know, those three blind corners were probably the best three corners we've put into the box for a very, very long time. And just the, the speed of thought for the third goal as well. It's just something we haven't had for a while. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I mean, the sharpness as well of United, considering that's something that we haven't necessarily seen in a, well, particularly often so far this term, was excellent. You know, the Leicester were clearly just asleep by the time that second goal went in. And, you know, the, the quick pass from Blind to Matter and then just the flash that ball across goal so well. And, you know, Rashford again, he was another player who completely deserved that goal yesterday. He he was looking sharp. He was looking up for it. And yeah, great peace of mind to be in the right place at the right time. I think Mourinho was interesting afterwards. And he, he basically said that, that if you're going to play Ibrahimovic as, as the focal point, then you need a lot of movement around him, a lot of pace and movement. And mm. I think the three that we had behind him, I, th- I think he, Lingard, I mean, Lingard assisted Matter's goal. He was perhaps the least effective of the three, but his movement was still good. Mm. And you just had you just had matter in 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 that free role and Rashford really making runs all over the place and they're really sort of interchanging positions quite often and that was just the perfect foil for Ibrahimovic because the one thing Ibrahimovic is 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 relatively static he's you know he's not fast he can, he makes good runs but he's not going to get away from the defence he needs to be a focal point rather than one of those players who interchanges all the time and I think we just got a really good balance on on Saturday of those players around him no you know one thing about Ibrahimovic as well we have you know discussed his actual performances you know taken away his goals I think that was arguably his best performance for us so far in terms of how much he was involved and how well his utilization was yesterday I thought he was much more involved in what was going on around him. He looked sharper. He was more involved in the build-up in particular, which is great. You know, it wasn't just a case of him being there and having to get the ball up to him. He wasn't necessarily sat back so deep that he essentially had to wait for someone to present the ball to him and then maybe a a chance could be carved out. It felt a lot more natural yesterday, really, didn't it? Everything just worked so much better than we've seen for the most part this season. It did. The The only thing that wasn't there was his finishing, which... He seems to have deserted him a little in the last two or three games. Um, I think I tweeted on. I was perhaps a little harsh on him. I, I didn't because of that, the lack of finishing. I di- I didn't think he had a great game at, at the weekend. But you know, looking back on the every every other facet of his game was was good. I'm just in in a place where I expect more more of him, mm. which is probably unfair. You know, you expect more of the of the best players, um, and his finishing's just not quite there. I mean, it would have been wonderful that. The uh the one where he he chested he, Pogba lifted it over the defence and he chested it down and swivelled and oh. volleyed that. I mean, it, it, Ibrahimovic absolutely on his game buries that. It was a wonderful piece of technique anyway, and but he was just he just got it just over the bar, and I think that was kind of symbolic of where his finishing is at, at the moment. It's just not quite there. But as you say, every other every other area of his game was was really pretty good on Saturday. Mm. What did you make of Pogba? 
Well, I mean, he he looked a lot, a lot, but I think he he rose in confidence with the, as the rest of the team did after Smalling goal. And once we knew we had Leicester on the ropes, I think that's when he really really came into his own. And when Pog was really confident, I mean, there was there was the shot he had from about thirty five yards, which the the keeper kind of had to tip round, tip round the post. That that's a shot only a few players in world football can take. From there, with so so little run up and so little backlift, and to just just level that like that. I mean, that's the shot that a really confident player takes on. Mm. I mean, to be uh, fair, he does at least one of those every week. He does, but that one was just the technique for that sort of shot is just to get, to get that power behind it is, is really really special. Mm. Um, and he he set up that chance for for Ibrahimovic that we that we spoke about. He was just he was just everywhere and really. Controlling the tempo and and looking looking for the ball, I think he, I think he had more touches than anyone else on the pitch by quite a large margin. I can't remember the figures, but but he he was really wanting the ball. And one of the things we've missed so much in the last couple of years is a midfielder, who, a midfielder not called Wayne really, who really <laughs> wants the ball all the time. And you know, Pogba's got a very wide skill set. He he can pass, and he can he can shoot, but he can also dribble as well. And we, we've missed a midfielder who can actually take the ball past the player mm. and, and move with some pace. And when he's playing well, that's what what he provides. And he's suffered in the last, in the previous week, from the the same kind of lack dip of confidence that everybody else had. But once that first goal in went in, he was off, and and really he he ran that game to a degree. Certainly, certainly for the rest of the first half, that it was great to see. I mean, that that's his first considering. How long he's been tied with the club, you know that that's his first ever goal for United, which is, you know, it's just remarkable, and it's great to see him finally up and running. I think that goal will do him a lot of good, and I think that performance and the way that the team, not necessarily fitting around him, but how he was such a key component in what we did yesterday, I think that'll do him a lot of good. Now, I'm not necessarily sure we're going to see him on Thursday night against Zoya, but I think based on what we saw today I think Mourinho is much much closer to figuring out how best to utilize Pogba and the types of players that he has to put in around him in order to get the best out of him which is great you know we haven't spent 89 million pounds on him as, 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 you might know that we actually spent quite a lot of money on him which I don't know if that's been mentioned at any point but uh yeah I'd heard yes. I had you oh good well it was just good to see that there is a bit more of a plan and in particular because there's several players who you know, we're not necessarily concerned about, but were worried or you know, at least wondering how they were going to slot into the proceedings this season. And I think, you know, Herrera's been one of those players who's just kept on knocking on the door and asking questions. Every time he's come on as a sub, he's looked solid. When he played in midweek against Southampton, he was great then too. Very well taken goals, we mentioned. And again, I thought that pound for pound, that was one of Herrera's best performances for United yesterday. I thought even in that defensive midfielder role, because you look at him and his, you know, his shape and his size, he's not necessarily the typical defensive midfielder, is he? But I thought he was brilliant. I thought he coped very well with everything. I think good passing, really well disciplined as well. You know, not getting too far ahead, just allowing you know the forward play to go on ahead of him, and then mopping up and passing very well in between the back four when he was called upon. Yeah, I think we obviously will talk about Rooney, but I. I... Almost, I think probably more key to that result than than really not being there was perhaps that Herrera came in for Fellaini because whilst Fellaini has done a job of sorts and he, he's so limited on the ball and he's he lacks mobility and Herrera has those things you know he's more mobile 
he's still I mean he's taller than I think he's over six foot so he's he's not a small a small footballer he's not physically physically weak but he's also a really intelligent player as well and his passing range is obviously a, a lot better than Fellaini's and, and he has the ability to take the ball past players as well and I just thought that he fitted in so well at the base of that midfield and his discipline and his range of passing allowed Pogba to to play further forward you know he just provided the balance that that the team needed and I think I, I said on the I think I said on social media on, on Saturday night that in the in the two years two and a bit years he's been at United he's never had a run in the team where he's just been in a static position and he's been trusted because with Van Gaal it seemed that Van Gaal always had a problem with with Herrera's forward instincts you know he, he wanted he wanted players to be passing sideways and, and Herrera would pick up the ball and look forward and run with the ball and try and make positive passes and and even though he scored a few in his first in his first couple of months at the, at the club LVG never seemed to trust him and so he'd come in occasionally play one bad game and that was it he was gone again so and he's, he just always looked to me like the sort of player who if he got trusted if he just had a place in the team and he knew he's going to play the next two or three games regardless of performance I think he just relaxes and he just offers such a lot so you know, I'd hope that Mourinho would watch that and think, you know what, he's a much better option than Fellaini in that in that position, and I'm just going to trust him for a few games. Yeah, I mean, we are fully team Ander, really, aren't we? Let's be honest. I love Ander. I, I've, I've had I've had um, an issue in the last few months with United that I concluded that we bought too many nice people, <laughs> and we didn't have enough bastards. And and Fergus' greatest team, with teams were always filled with. Proper arseholes. Yeah, Excuse I mean, to be friend. fair, to be fair with Ander, he's more of a git than a bastard. You know, he's like oh, he's a sly he'll, he'll do, he's Yeah, a sly. he's very sly. But he's a, he's just such a, a wonderful human being. It's like him, him and Matter are just, you know, they they have permanent halos. They have a place in heaven already. You know, we said before, as I said before, he he gets United, and he clearly, you know, I think he he works as hard, he's as dedicated as anybody in that squad, and he just hasn't quite got the rewards yet. And I just I just hope. That, that now's the time that we actually see the best of him because the player we thought we were getting was was this you know who watched him at Bill Bowles you know all all round midfielder really kind of box to box midfielder he could score goals he could play a more disciplined role and we never really saw that because of the ways that the ways that he was used by Van Hal and the way the way that he was never trusted so you know hopefully we now see the player that. Uh, that we thought we were getting two years ago. Yeah, I mean that it'd be a great treat. It'd be really nice to see him nail down a place in this starting lineup because you know we said this before, but I think sometimes if you like a player too much, then you can want him to succeed in spite of his failings. But with Ander, he genuinely seems that good, and as you mentioned, he added a lot more to our play today as opposed to just breaking up possession and you know allowing Pogba to you know go and do his thing, but. Yeah, he is a he is a preferable option to Fellaini, despite the fact that I think for the most part I think Fellaini's done all right in that role so far this season. But I think Ander outstripped any performance that Fellaini's put in that defensive midfielder role by some distance yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you know Fellaini is so limited; it's not an issue with his you know, commitments or whatever else. He's just limited, and it's not what he does when he's in the right place; it's where he's not, where when he should be. And I, I think I think Pogba trusted. Herrera behind him a lot more than he trusts Fellaini and that's why he was able to play a much more um, offensive and creative game and and just just generally the 
the balance of the midfield with with the two of them behind Matter was just so much better than we've seen all season. There was only really one cloud uh, for the entire day, really, wasn't there? That was Damari Gray's uh, absolute peach of a goal in the second half. And there was a couple of uh, odd moments here and there where you just thought United had uh, completely left, taken their foot off the gas. I mean, you were particularly grumpy on Twitter for that second half, it looked anyway. I was being, I was being slightly sarcastic, but I see. We, we, you know, when you go in at four-one, it's it's just our instinct. We want we want United to really drive it home in the second half and, and absolutely humiliate whoever we're playing against. And that's all well and good, but there must be a natural, um, even a, a subconscious response in players' minds that we're four 0 up and you perhaps just lose five percent of, of performance levels and, and, and everyone just gets a little bit complacent. And that was really the only the only complaint. I just I just wish we hadn't taken a foot off the pedal quite so much. But I mean, Demar Gray's goal was just a you know it's an absolutely brilliant goal. It's not you can't really criticise anybody for that. He just he just hit an absolutely wonderful shot. And there's nothing anybody can have done about it. No. So you know, if, if there are any complaints, we, we were a bit sloppy in the second half. We did take a foot off the pedal. The only complaint was that we didn't really drive it home. But I can completely understand why why they. They lost five or ten percent. Yeah, a couple of decent chances there. I remember Pogba, this peach of a cross for Zlatan that, uh, and he t- Zlatan just completely took out Robert Huth in the process. Yeah, which was oh, absolutely yeah. marvellous. I mean, Huth's not a small dude either, but Zlatan engulfed him. It was brilliant. Uh, I think Zlatan had a chance in the uh, in the second half as well, which he uh, he hit over, and then Lingard had a similar one when uh, Valencia was crossing inside. But yeah, it, it, it's difficult to fault United too much for that. You know, I mean, as a, as an entire performance, there were a couple of moments here and there where you thought that there's certainly a couple of bits and bobs to work on. But I can't just let that detract from how good yesterday was just because it was so unexpected. I, d- I did not see us going 4-0 up. And admittedly, we are playing a Leicester City side that is almost certainly not going to retain the Premier League. And they are... I mean, could, does second season syndrome count? Even though this is their third season in the Premier League, yeah, I think it does. You can understand it. They've all they've all achieved something which I doubt any of them in their wildest dreams thought they could that was 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 manageable for for them, particularly at the stage that some of them are at in their careers. And there must be a there must be a feeling of kind of after the Lord Mayor show for all of them. You know, we've we, we've done this. This is the most amazing thing we'll probably ever achieve. What what do we do now? And there's Champions League coming up in midweek this week as well, so I can kind of understand why at half time. I mean, you know, Mares and Vardy came off, which is very clear Ranieri thinking ahead to the midweek. Blint 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 has done a wonderful job on Mares as well. I mean, he hadn't had a sniff, mm. so it wasn't as if they were they were looking dangerous between them. They they really hadn't had a sniff of the game, and you, you know, four 0 down, they weren't going to come back. So it was the right thing to do. I'd have said there were there was one aspect that we do particularly need to touch on. Uh, I don't know if you realise, but Wayne Mooney was on the bench yesterday. Was he? No. Yeah, incredible. All right. Okay. No. Cool. I don't, I don't want to labour the point. You know, he played against Northampton, and I think it's safe to say that he had quite a bad game. I don't think we need to go any further than that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, I think all anybody's ever wanted were the same standards to be applied to him as to everyone else. Mm. And so, you know, he's been in poor form, and he was dropped, and that's fair. So it's now up to him. To, to play his way back in or for, for his replacements to, to play particularly poorly and, and let him back in. And then, you know, as long as he as long as he's judged by the same criteria as everybody else by the manager, then that's fair enough. Great. Yeah, I mean, 
I guess maybe we made too much out of the moment, but it felt like it was, you know, we were just bashing our heads against this wall for so long when it came to Rooney in particular, because the last time he was dropped was against Stoke. And arguably United weren't great shakes in the second half of last season, but it was that utter lack of willingness on Van Hal's part to do it, essentially, after that Stoke game that started driving us up the wall because it just wasn't working well enough with him in the side. And then, you know, particularly in that Watford game, to him to, him to last 90 minutes was particularly frustrating. So, yeah, it was good to see that, despite the fact that I'm sure Mourinho was put out by the fact that so many people were calling for Rooney's head after last weekend, he actually did it for a decent footballing reason and was rewarded. I mean, I would still have argued to the hilt, even if we hadn't have won so handsomely yesterday, I don't necessarily think that that would have shown get dropping Rooney was a bad thing. I think United as a team need to move on from him and figure out a way of becoming more effective by themselves. And if Rooney can fit into that, great. If he can't, fair enough. You know, he's he's been a great servant to the club. You know, all that you know spiel about you know, all the goals tally and everything. And, you know, his achievements at United do deserve respect. But if we're talking about the here and now, it was absolutely the right decision. And I'm really, really chuffed that it went so well. I think I think Mourinho had the perfect... It was, the, it was perfect timing for him because Rooney did have such a poor game against Northampton, against the League One team. And I think that just gave Mourinho the, the out where he could justifiably drop him. And, and not pick up much flack for it. And, I mean, it certainly does help that we, that we won very well. I mean, that takes, takes the pressure off the decision. But as you say, you know, if you, if you, in any, in any context in a football team, if you're going to try something else, whether it be a different formation or different personnel, you don't abandon it after one game, regardless of how it goes, unless it's absolutely disastrous. So it's just, you know, the same applies with Herrera. If Herrera hadn't played brilliantly on Saturday, it doesn't mean you completely shut him out as an option to play as a deep-lying midfielder. And I think, you know, the same applies for Rooney. And I think now that Mourinho's made that leap, it was interesting he said afterwards, he was saying all the right things, and then he, and then he said, you know, Rooney doesn't play this game, but but then he plays next game. That's how it works. Mm. And of course, next game is at home to Zoya Luhansk in a competition Mourinho doesn't want to even want to be in. <laughs> um, you know, in the most, probably the most low-profile game of our entire season. So, you know that that was quite clever, and he, he's got himself in a position now where he can use Rooney in in the in the cup games and, and prioritise other uh, other team another team in the league. And it's interesting that I know we we saw the press turn for the first time last week that there was a real concerted criticism of Rooney and his place in the team. That was really impressive. Well, I say impressive. It was quite surprising, really, wasn't it? Well, it's 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 come very very late in the day, but. But the interesting thing is we've seen in the last week, we've also seen Gary Neville and Rio Ferdinand essentially saying the same things, but in a more friendly tone, in that they both sort of said, you know, perhaps really needs to needs to be used sparingly now. You know, perhaps he needs to step back and, and play in those more, more low-profile low games and just play less games in a season to, to try and be more effective. Mm. And that's a big turning point because, as we've all seen to our own, a great frustration of everybody. All the people who know him personally have, as you would if it, you know, with one of your friends, have defended him to the hilt. And for for a few of them to finally say, you know, I think this isn't working, and that he needs to have a period out of the team, and and perhaps we manage differently is a really big step. And I think I think the wider world has seen what we've all been banging our heads up against walls for from that up, you know, for the last 
year or two. Um, and I think that's it's, it's been a bit of a watershed this weekend. And Mourinho is now in a position where he can freely just pick his best team and not have to worry too much about whether Wayne Rooney's in it or not. No, I think you're right. I think managing him now, because we've seen that we can manage without him and we can do well without him. I mean, that's you know, one game doesn't make a season or anything, and that's not going to prove the point completely. But it shows that we can succeed without him starting, which I think is quite significant. And I think that'll give Mourinho the confidence to continue on. And I think, you know, he's absolutely you know, deserving of a start against Zoria. And I think that I'm interested to see how any other players come into that. You know, I don't think Memphis had that bad a game on Wednesday. I think he was a bit unlucky to be subbed in the way he was. And I still really yeah, I do want that. him to succeed. But at the same time, kind of do think like time's running out for him at this stage and again look at someone like Schneiderlin Schneiderlin again had a fairly solid game against Northampton I expect him to come in a midweek and do a decent job several players who were, were perfectly serviceable or half decent so yeah it's kind of like the A team and the B team at the moment really isn't it that there are several players who are because we were operating with such a big squad that can come in and lots of chopping and changing can be done the A team the A team the B team and Marcus Rocco <laughs> Oh gosh, I was happy he wasn't playing against Northampton. Blessing, especially after that final game. Good grief! But yeah, he did play against Northampton. Oh, did he? No, no, he didn't. Did he? Am I even? Am I? Am I? Am I? He didn't. No, it was Fossey Mensah, Blind, and Smalling. I don't think Rocco played. He was left back. Yeah, he did. This is the height of this is the height of unprofessionality, whatever. But I think he did. I think he was rubbish. Oh, that's fair enough. Well, I, I, I'm, I, don't, I can't even remember Rocco in that game, so I'm going to give. I'm, I'm going to investigate, and then, and then you carry on talking, and I'll, and I'll come back to you. No problem. If, that's fine. As if I've never been away. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, but yeah, it, it'd be nice to see uh, how things pan out in the next week before the international break, because we've got Zoria on uh, Thursday, and then Stoke at home on Sunday, and with their run at the moment. And I mean, I know nothing about Zoya, but I would expect us to win those two games and go into international yeah. break on a on a high, you know, because it's going to be a a tricky run of fixtures. You know, that game at Anfield, based on how Liverpool are playing at the moment, is going to be incredibly tough. Again, I'm not looking forward to it whatsoever. So, as you mentioned, it, it, you know, any game at Anfield, even though we've won our last two Premier League visits there, is never comfortable, never. So I'm not looking forward to that whatsoever. Klopp's going to have them raring to go, and that's not going to be a comfortable evening at all. We're lucky we've got this run of fixtures before those those two league games. You've got two wins. We've got obviously got Zoya on Thursday, which we'd hope we'd win, and then Stoke at home, who are wretched at the moment. And that you know that sends us in with four wins in a row, which should have confidence as high as possible because I think we're well capable of, of winning at Chelsea, but that Anfield games horrible at the best of times but they're really firing at the moment mm. so we need to be in you know at the height of our confidence really to to try and get something from that game absolutely well here we go let's uh, nip over to twitter questions my friend how are you feeling about that i'm i'm so excited excellent tell you. Right. vikash patil uh, also just a quick note for vikash we hope you're enjoying kenya my friend uh, thoughts on Matter so far this season and whether or not he can keep his place once Martial slash Mkhitaryan return. It'd be interesting because you know the, the main criticism of Matter is that he's inconsistent and he, he's quite often disappeared in away games. But the one thing he does, he does score goals and he does create goals even if it's not, not consistent. His, his numbers you know, stack up over a season. I, I wouldn't say I'm incredibly confident of him 
continuing to perform at the level he did on Saturday, but I definitely think that he's done enough to deserve to keep his place in in the, the league games at least and have a run of three or four games and see how he does. Sure. I mean, with when it comes to Martial Mkhitaryan, I mean, Martial was injured having that, that nasty collision the previous weekend. I expect him to get dropped into the lineup should he be fit and raring to go in midweek. Um, with Mkhitaryan, I think it's fair to say there's a bit of a question mark over him at the moment now. You know, I think that that injury having come out of the City game, which was such a difficult first half for him, it arguably means now that there is a bit of a, a worry about just how he's going to slot in, especially if the side is functioning well. I mean, I, Maybe I'm just getting a bit too ahead of myself, but I'm not necessarily sure in what capacity he's going to be able to slot straight back into the side. And I think it's uh, at least at the A team anyway. So perhaps it's good that we've got so many games and hopefully if we can get past City in the the EFL Cup, then there'll be a few more for him to play because I think it could be quite valuable for him actually to play some League Europa League games just to give him a bit of a a run in the side. Going back to the EFL Cup again, I, I, Marcus Rocco did play. I wasn't seeing things, and he was rubbish. Oh, okay, well, I'll take your word for it on that one. I, I don't feel any need to check on that one, don't worry. That's fine. Okay, Zombie Plague asks, how amazing were those four goals? Uh, a solid 8 out of 10 for me. They were amazing in different ways, weren't they? Am- amazing that we scored three goals from corners, which is more goals than we scored from corners in what seems like the last decade. And, yeah, and then the second goal just was was a really special move which is the sort of thing we, we've, we've been lacking so it was incredibly enjoyable to to see us score four goals in those ways i don't think we scored four goals in any league game last season probably right yes mm, i think the only time we managed it uh, outside of the league or anywhere anytime during the season was that game against midgetland yeah well as well scoring four goals in the first half which bearing in mind we'd scored about twice in the first half at Old, at Old Trafford in February last year. <laughs> um, you know, that was a, a very pleasant, very pleasant experience. It was, wasn't it? Billy Berglevski asks, we are still so open in the defensive third and we were lucky not to concede more. How do we tighten up? That's a good question. We were open. I don't know how much of that is by design or not, in that it was a very open game and we were playing we were playing counter-attacking football at times. Both sides were playing counter-attacking football, so there was a lot of to and fro to the game. We aren't there defensively. I, Antonio Valencia is not a right back. He could play right back until 2040, and I'm still not going to accept that he's a right back. He's just not good enough defensively there. And I think we should be aspiring to have a centre back next to Bailey who's better than Chris Smalling. I think Bailey had another very good game, and I think we're on the right we're on the right path. But the personnel isn't quite there for us to really be in a position to fully trust the back four. Sure. RP at Spoke78 asks, Fellaini, Schneider, Lynch, Weinsteiger out in January. Drink water in? So, yeah, it's really funny. In the first half, I was actually saying to some that he's developed into such a good player. He's he's really an all-round midfielder. He's tenacious, but he's got a good a good passing range as well. I think the only question for me would be, has he just found perfect place to play his best game? I.e., you know, he, he wins the ball, he looks forward, he plays quick, early forward passes to Tamares or Vardy. And it just worked perfectly for Leicester. And I don't know if his game is of a high enough level to play with more variation or not. You know, again, we've, we've seen with Kante at, at Chelsea a bit. He's, he's struggling to adapt to a different system. And I just wonder if Drinkwater's best where he is and, and might not be suitable to teams that play another way. 
Mark Ferguson asks, when he came on, Rooney kept it simple so as not to make a mistake. Has the criticism he received influenced that? I think that's a fair point. I mean, I think that uh, based on <laughs> the uh, the level of criticism that he's received over the last few weeks, in particular after last weekend's game, I don't think it's uh, it's unfair to suggest that Rooney might have been trying to play it a little bit safe and be careful and not make any huge mistakes. I mean, to be fair, there was that one chance where the ball came across to him quite quickly and he miscontrolled it, but I, I genuinely struggle to criticise too much based on that. It wasn't necessarily the easiest ball to control, but yeah. I think uh, I think he is going to really feel the pressure now to try and fit into the side. Uh, Andy asks, how good is Blind? Genuinely worried when I saw the lineup, but was practically forced at left back. Is he the most underrated player in the team? I don't think he's underrated. I think we know what his strengths are. We know he's incredibly versatile. He's, uh, he's very intelligent football. He's got a brilliant passing range. I think left back suits him better than centre back just because of his physical attributes. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, we know what we've got, and I think. I think United fans certainly appreciate his qualities. Hmm. Uh, at Filmatic asks, Mourinho dissing players called Lingard out fairly on mistakes in Derby, but bigged him up pre-game and got a response for showing faith. He used Duncan Castles to question Blind Matter pre-season and again got a positive response. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's carrot and stick, isn't it? We, there's been some criticism this week about how he called out Luke Shaw and for, for the goal against Watford. He won't get them all right, but some players, you know, Fergie used to do it as well. Some players respond to criticism and want to prove the manager wrong. Um, mm. And others just need an arm around them. And, you know, he, he's still weighing up which are which, but he seems to be doing okay so far. Sure. I think Mkhitaryan, based on what we've heard of his time in Dortmund, is probably going to need more of an arm around him, especially considering yeah. that this first couple of months at United have not gone that smoothly. But we'll see how that goes out. Yeah. Adam Q asks, was today's game a turning point or just a false dawn? I wouldn't like to say. There's been such such a contrast between last week and and the performance this weekend that it's it's really hard to say. I think one thing that worried me last week was our confidence looked incredibly brittle, and the City game seemed to knock it out of us, and, and that took a while to get to get over. But I think we've got a nice run of games now, so if we can get four wins in a row before we go to Chelsea, then that's you know confidence should be reasonably good. Is it Liverpool first? It is Liverpool first. It's oh, Liverpool, Fenerbahce, so... then Chelsea, then ah, there you go. Well, yeah. certainly even more so, you know. For, Going to live on the back of four wins is probably the best we could hope for. That'd be preferable. That James yep. boy asks, if we started that team against City, would be now top of the league with the momentum? I don't know. City are a very, very good football team. I think it would have been closer, but yeah. it's hard to say. Luke Malia asks, we've seen the best and worst of United this past week. What can we expect from United this season? More of that, I'd guess. Absolutely no idea whatsoever. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I think until until Mourinho knows what his best system and, and team is, we're going to get extremes. Exactly. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that's a bad season. That's sorry, that's a bad thing either. I think uh, based on the players we have, based on the fact that we know that we're still not quite a hundred percent there in all areas of the pitch just yet, in comparison with City, who may have the few are def- deficiency here and there, but seem to have their their stuff together, shall we say. I think it, you've just got to try and not expect us to be quite on that level just yet. And if we get, if we succeed while well the season, great. But you know, I think based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks, I think it's worth just keeping expectations fairly tempered for the time being, and then seeing how we are in a couple of months. Fair enough. Bravo. Superb. Yep. All right. Well, we'll call it a night there, Rich. Thank you very much, as always, my friend. Good to chat. 
Guys, again, thank you very much for listening. Uh, one thing, one bit of housekeeping I want to mention. If you enjoy the podcast, then if you could please share it to anyone who might like to know or pop a review on iTunes or give a rating, that stuff always helps. Don't forget, you can get us on Twitter. You can get me at at you and Lennart. You can get Richard at at RichardCan76. You can go on our blog at redvoicesmufc.wordpress.com for all our wonderful writing. And you can also catch us next week when we're recording after the Stoke game. You have yourselves a wonderful week. Take care of yourselves. Good night. Good night.